Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Motor Up Sports. I'm your host, Kenny Eaton, and today we have a ton of stuff to talk about. Normal 20-minute run-through today. Um, I'm just going to hit a little bit on Michigan State last night, actually elaborate on that a lot, because that was just brutal last night. I've never seen officiating like that, and I never come on here and complain, but we'll get to that in a few. I want to talk about, there's some lion stuff that came out today I want to just touch on for a bit. And then the final thing I want to touch on today is some um, Harbaugh talk about the NFL. I'm just throwing a few thoughts about that. And then that's pretty much today. So about 20 minute episode, I'm thinking 20, 30 minutes. So let's just get started right away. I never come on here and complain about officiating. There's something I don't believe in. That's something I don't really do. I'll do it once every year. You know, I used to complain about the refs a lot, and I kind of figured losers do that, and we're not a losing team. Michigan fans do that every time they lose. Lions fans were losers. We do that every time we lose. But that last night was some of the worst point shaving I've ever seen. It was so brutally obvious. When Michigan State's up seven points with about 10 minutes to go, and they lose that game by nine with a seven and a half point Illinois spread. The refs from the 10 point, 10 minute mark on swallowed their whistle. No calls. We're just going to let them play WWE every time Michigan State's on offense. On the defensive end, you know, how, how about we just call everything on Michigan State? After that, Brad Underwood tech, Illinois got every single call the rest of the game, whether it was right or wrong, everything went their way. There is no reason why they should have lost that game by nine. So many plays, you know, if I were to throw film on this podcast, hey, I can pick out six or seven plays. The rest were wrong in the final 10 minutes. Michigan State deserved to win that game. They controlled that entire game for about 32 minutes, 33 minutes. Until the refs sat there and swallowed their whistle. Until the refs sat there and just let bodies fly everywhere. That was atrocious last night. And the refs deserved to be investigated. You didn't hear me come on here after the Rams-Seahawks game and complain about the officiating. You know, I was a factor on why they lost, but that's not the main reason why the Rams lost that game. The main reason was Baker Mayfield sucks and Baker Mayfield stunk it up when it mattered for the Lions. That's my issue. I don't ever complain about it on here because I think it's stupid. But after that last night, I think there was so much point shaving there. 20-point swing in 10 minutes. And let's just see this real quick. I mean, from the 11-minute mark on, 10-33, foul on Hogarth. 10-20, foul on Hogarth. 10-13, foul on Sissoko. Foul at 8-14, Tyson Walker. Foul 6-59 on A.J. Hogarth. And then they let everything go from that point on. I mean... I mean, from that point on in that game, they tied the game off and just a lot of bad fouls. Like, nothing that Michigan State could have done differently. Hands up, good defense. And the charges? I don't want to get to the charges in this game. How many times does a guy stand there, move his feet, and they call a charge? And this, and this is not just an issue with, the, with you know, Michigan, that game. That's an issue across college basketball. They don't call blocking fouls ever. You sit there, you flop it. You sit there, you're trying to sell it. Even though your feet's moving, even though your body's moving, it is still a charge. Every time they're coming down the floor and they set their feet, whether they're set or not, it's a charge. NCAA officiating gets worse every year. The talent is getting worse every year. And people wonder why people aren't watching this much. 
and they wonder why they're not filling the crowd anymore. Because shit like that last night. That was atrocious. That's as bad of officiating as I've ever seen. I... I want to sit there and just, you know, compliment some guys last night who I think played phenomenal games. Carson Cooper, first time all year, he actually looked like a, you know, a Division One player. He looked like a serviceable backup center last night for Michigan State. All that Pro-Am hype, we'll see if that he lives up to that, but Cooper played a great game. He got cooked a few times, but, you know, you, you can't expect a walk-on to come in there and not get cooked one or two times on the defensive end. But offensively, I mean, the guy was picking up boards. The guy was putting up second-chance points. He was playing relatively good backup center basketball last night. I have nothing to complain about uh, Cooper last night. And I'm kind of glad they, they've kind of gone away from Kohler in that rotation because Carson Cooper is probably better. And you saw that last night. Uh, he's figuring out his rotation. Next year, I mean, do, do we really see any of these guys play backup center? I don't know. But I think that... Izzo struck out on this class really bad. Kohler's never going to be a Big Ten player. I don't want to hear he's not ready. You have to be a certain amount of athletic to play in the Big Ten. If you're a center, you have to be a little – you have to have some athleticism to you. You have to have some defense to your game. You have to be able to box out and, and have some strength to you, and he has none of that. You know, comes on the floor – it's just not like ready to be a Big Ten player. Just you have to have a certain amount of that athleticism to do that. And he has none of that. Carson Cooper, he doesn't have a lot of athleticism, but he has the height. You can have some height and be unathletic in the Big Ten and still be decent. Like Hunter Dickinson's not that athletic, but he's big. That's why I think Cooper should be your backup center right now. He he has that. He has the height to be a serviceable backup big in the Big Ten right now. You've been playing 15 minutes, 10 minutes, and solid bat. I mean, he played solid basketball last night. You know, we'll see what he does the rest of the year. But Kohler has will be a Mac player next year. Trey Holloman, I don't think he's ready. I don't think he's that good. I don't think he's ever gonna start here. He struck out miserably on this class. I don't know how he sat there this offseason and basically said, well, I feel comfortable with these freshmen. I feel comfortable with these upperclassmen that I have, and we don't need to hit the transfer portal, and we can, we can play these freshmen right away. Trey Holloman is just not ready. Do I think he's going to be a decent player here? Yeah. But I just think this class was a miserable strikeout for Izzo. Very similar to his class with Kithier and Foster and all of them. Just a bad class he put in. Though the backcourt, I think, played a great game last night. Tyson and Hogard, outside of their missed threes, I mean, Tyson getting in the lane, I mean, he looks like a mini Kemba Walker. And you went, you, he was at UConn. Tyson Walker is a guy who can make a lot of damage in the Big Ten this year. And honestly, he might come back for a COVID year next year and potentially go for a title run. I would not be shocked for that. Every game, Tyson Walker is a better player. I mean, we saw where he was coming in last year. He was okay. He wasn't great. He was okay. What drives me crazy, though, about you know this season for us, and talking about transfers because Tyson was a transfer, 
You saw how Illinois hit the portal. Got Matthew, Matthew Meyer and they got Terrence Shannon Jr. You know, had Michigan State hit the portal that hard in a very weak year of college basketball, in a year that Houston's the top three team, in a year of Purdue, who doesn't have a whole lot of talent, but they're playing good basketball, top three team. You look at the top five teams right now, none of those teams are that good. If Michigan State went out there and got, they got Meyer, and they went out there and they got Terrence Shannon, like Illinois did, they got both of their transfers. We're a number one team in college basketball right now. If Izzo hit the portal, we'd be number one team in college basketball. But he didn't. Next year, you know, you have the recruiting class coming in, but I'd really like us to stop up and get a center on the portal. I don't think Sissoko is, like, that good. I think Sissoko serves the ball. But if you want to build a title team, Sissoko's not the center for that. Point blank, end of the story. I think Jane Aiken, senior year, I think he, he, you know, hot take I have about him. I see a budding superstar in him. You see it. I, I personally see this guy like becoming Cassius Winston-esque senior year. Yeah, I mean, he missed a lot of shots last night. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't hit a lot of shots here and there in some of these games this year. But his defense, I mean, he's clamping up guys four inches taller than them and playing very good defense. He can clamp up the one through three with no problem whatsoever. And if a team has a very small four, I mean, honestly, if the guy is a six, seven, four, I can see Aikens, you know, guarding a six, seven, four. Aikens is an elite defender. You see these tiny things of like greatness sitting there with him. Like these tiny spurts of like, this guy is going to be when he's a senior, a Michigan state legend. Senior year, Jaden Aikens and next year, Jaden Aikens will be a top player in college basketball. No doubt about it. I hope he stays four years. But he's he's unreal. He's going to be unreal. I, I, I'm I very excited about Jane Aikens. Pierre Brooks will develop into a good player. Didn't get a lot, didn't get a lot of play time last night, but I think that class that he got with Aikens, Pierre Brooks, it's going to end up being a very good class. The one guy I'm still salty Michigan State never got was uh, Bufkin. I think he would have been perfect for this team. Is what it is. I mean, he's down the road at Michigan, and Michigan sucks. So he chose the wrong school. But I wish we kept Bufkin here and not let him walk down the road. That's the only, like, thing about that class that I despise. But overall, he struck out miserably again with this recruiting class this year. Because there's no way. I watched the film, and I said there's no way these guys were ready. And they're they're clearly not. Cooper is getting better. Cooper will probably be here next year. Cooper will probably be here four years. I mean, he's getting better by the game. Polar's just getting worse by the game. That's the difference. I'll point the obvious out. I mean, Cooper played a phenomenal game last night, and I hope, like, this is just the start of him, like, becoming a serviceable big-time player. This could be an interesting story that he he turned a walk-on kid into a scholarship kid at the end. He's getting playtime. He's playing good basketball meaningful minutes. But we'll see. So the NFL wrote a letter to the Lions and the Rams apologizing for the bad officiating. And I want to go back to the topic of officiating here. As a Lions fan, yeah, you know, you got to be sick of these letters coming in every year. Like, we fucked you over. I'm sorry. Ha, ha, ha. We can't do anything about it. 
I'm sick of it. But at the same time, like I said earlier in the episode, Baker does that. Do you really do the Rams really deserve to win that game the way Baker played? Yeah, I mean, it's very annoying. You get this letter from the NFL apologizing, but can't do that if you're Baker. And a story. You know, that's a very short thing I wanted to get to. I'm not going to blame the refs for that Seattle game. Yeah, I mean, they were a big factor, but can't blame them. Buddy and Rico, I was listening to 97 1 the other day. I listened to them a lot, and they had an interesting segment I want to pull. So the whole segment was about, was this the best possible case scenario for the Lions? They didn't make the playoffs, but they beat the Packers on Sunday Night Football, and they have all this hope going in the next year. Rico and Vellani said, yeah, great. Like, we 100% think this was the best outcome. I think that was a stupid outcome. I think that if we got some playoff experience under our belt this year, next year could be a whole lot better. That's a loser's mindset. If you get in and you get blown out to the Niners, like I, I truly didn't think they were going to get blown out to the Niners. I know 97-1 was very confident in the Lions going in the, in the San Fran and getting their asses kicked. But personally for me, you can't sit there and tell me missing the playoffs is better than making the playoffs. I don't care how bad we lose that game. At least you made it, and at least you, you had a chance. And at least you sat there and got the experience. I'm a little upset about, you know, missing the playoffs, and I think the season's incomplete. Incomplete season. We'll never know what this team could have done. But, you know, they, they've never – 97-1 is never like the Lions in the history of that franchise. And rightfully so, you shouldn't like you shouldn't love the Lions. But I wanted to touch on that a bit. You know, I, I they make the playoffs. I mean, it's I think it's much better. I think that's a loser's mindset. Harbaugh. Huh. Is he going pro? Is he not? Is he resigning? What's going on with Harbaugh? I think he's blackballed from the NFL, to be completely honest with you. And Ward Manuel knows that. Hell of a coach. You know, I'm a state fan. I go go Michigan State. But you can't ignore that he's a very good head coach. He's a winner everywhere he goes. Why is he he's always flirting with the NFL, but they never want him back? Even though he was 44-19 as an NFL coach, I think it was. That's unheard of. 44-19-1 head coach. Not getting another NFL job, even though he's knocking on the door every year. He goes back to his alma mater, and he begs to leave every year. He begs to leave every year. I don't get how, if you're a Michigan fan, how you could sit there and still think like Harbaugh is a great guy and Harbaugh wants to be at Michigan because he doesn't. He wants to go back to the NFL. They're playing chess right now. Because let's hypothetically say he's actually not blackballed from the NFL. And I came on a couple episodes and said he's 100% gone. But the more I think about it, now I want to backtrack that statement and say he's blackballed. Ward knows it. Ward's not going to pay him his money because where is Jim Harbaugh going to go? Nobody likes him in all pro sports. He's an asshole. End of the story, the guy's an asshole and he should never get a job anywhere else again. He fits the Michigan culture perfectly. He just does. And he's, honestly, I think he's back at Michigan next year and it's not because he wants to be there. It's because he honestly will never get an NFL offer. And honestly, I, I, I'm not sure if Michigan pays him. Because why would you pay him more? 
He's not going anywhere. Nobody else wants him. There's no leverage for him to pay more. And I know the Michigan president really wants Harbaugh to come back. Either Harbaugh's going to get pissed off that I'm not getting enough money, so he's going to resign, or he's going to go back to Michigan, they're going to give him a tiny raise, and he's going to go with it. I know that, that Santa Ono guy, the president, I mean, he had a whole meeting with him. Ward Manuel might be the worst athletic director in all the Big Ten. And there's been quite a few bad ones in there. You know, for Ward Manuel to potentially now lose Harbaugh and to lose Beeline because your ego's too big, that's an issue. If I'm Michigan, I'm locking up Harbaugh. I'm, I'm paying him what he wants. You know, I'm slapping a blank check on the table and paying him what he wants. Very few teams can win a national championship. I don't think anybody in college football right now, even, even when they're expanding this playoffs to 12 teams, there's not a single team in college football that's going to beat Georgia. Michigan's not on that level. Ohio State's built to beat Georgia. Ohio State's not built to beat Michigan. But Ohio State, I will never get it done again. Michigan will not get it done. Bama might. Bama's the only team close to Georgia right now. Very few teams make the dance. And if Harbaugh can get in there every single year, what can you be upset about as a Michigan fan? You're not at that level of Georgia. Nobody will ever get to that level. The NIL money coming in, the recruiting classes that are coming in, the transfers they're bringing in, the next guy up they have is a five-star or a very high four-star recruited by every Power 5 school. Georgia's the new Bama. And nobody's going to come close to them. I think Georgia, honestly, might be in a better spot than Bama's been in the past. I don't know what they're going to do quarterback-wise next year. Where, you know, Bennett gone, but there's probably the next guy up is probably a stud. They lose running backs every year. Their next guy's up a stud. They lose receivers every year. Their next guy's up a stud. They have 11 guys on defense who played off a free lunch. They're unbelievable. If you're Michigan, you're slapping a blank check on the table because you're guaranteed to either win the Big Ten every year or be second place basically in the Big Ten. And if you're Michigan, I mean, that's what your expectation should be. You know, obviously, you, you want to get to the national championship and win, but you're not close to Georgia. You're just not. Harbaugh should get that blank check. And, and if Ward Manuel and Santa Ono don't do it and he walks either to resign or they keep playing chess and he walks to Denver, which I think they're going Sean Payton, but he walks to Denver. Honest to God. I don't know, like, how Michigan can recover from that. I don't. He's built up a program there. They actually have a program now. It's not like this eight and five loser program. They actually got a winning program there now. And he's going to walk and leave high and dry. He's looking to leave high and dry because more manual won't give him his money. It's really stupid. And a story. I'll be back on Monday, Piston Special with Daro. And then Tuesday, normal rundown of what we're going to talk about that Purdue game on Monday that's coming up. I'm uh, going to talk a lot about whatever happens this weekend with the Pistons. Uh, Michigan basketball tips off this weekend. We'll talk about that on Tuesday. Wednesday, Michigan State special coming out. Thursday, we're going to have a normal episode. And Friday, Piston special. I'm going to figure out next weekend. But trying to get content out now every day. This is my favorite time of year, basketball season. We're still talking about the Lions, which is fun. And I'm going to continue to bring them up here and there. But a lot of specials coming up lately. I think 
you know, the specials are very interesting. 30 minute specials with guests and then the rundowns. And I, I'm trying to get Grant Fogel on again next week. Got their own coming on Monday and Wednesday for some Pistons talk. And then potentially Graham and Steve and Moe coming on potentially for the first time for the MSU special. So I'll see you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend.